Welcome back to the Northern Steel Podcast, a podcast where we talk about the Steelers, a team coming off a loss. And this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a sad one. But you know, I'm not so sure. But before we get into that, my name is Dominic. This is Chris. This is episode 64. 64 to that famous Steelers player, Chris. Uh, Steve Furness, of course, who played a key role in the Steel Curtain and won four rings. Classic. Legendary guy. I love Steve Furness. He's really heating up these days. Hey. Um, I was going to say Doug Ligurski, but I didn't know if that, if that was his number or not. Um, regardless, the Steelers lost to the Cleveland Browns, lost to DTR on a last-second field goal, had many chances to win that game. And this podcast is going to be a lot about Kenny and if and negatively about Kenny. It still is going to be about Kenny. Aha, Doug Ligurski was 64. Look at that memory. Like a steel trap. Wow. Um, this podcast is going to be still about Kenny, but a little different ways. So we're going to get into that. But like always, we do the highlights every week. And... We always talk trash about other teams, especially the Browns, when we beat them. So it is, a, it is only fair that we talk trash about the Steelers when they suck, like they do. So, if you are a Browns fan or anybody watching or listening, please enjoy these highlights. And if you miss the game because you're too busy doing literally anything else, reading a book, watching paint dry, looking at the grass grow, we have got you covered. Really, NFL? Five minutes of highlights for this game? Well, here's the reason why. When you need to show punting highlights, any way to hit the five-minute, 30-second mark, this will be this will pin the Steelers back deep in their own territory. And on the very first play, Miles Garrett screams through the line and sacks Kenny Pickett for a would-be sack. I mean, we had to show a minute of a punting highlight before we even got to one good play this highlights. Who was editing these? This should have been a safety, but of course the refs sucks so and no call, and Browns don't challenge because they know at the end of the day, they don't need those two points to win. Just be glad Miles Garrett didn't have a helmet this time to attack the quarterback with the game uh, while the game progresses. Maybe that would have helped, though. Now it's DTR time, and he's going to make this look really easy, throw into a wide-open David the Zuko Najoku, then Jerome Ford finds a crease and he gets loose for a big gain. This might as well get, and we, you know what? We might as well give him some more yards by tugging on the face mask. The first of many penalties for the Steelers and just a banner day for the black and gold. Finally, the Browns cap off the drive with a touchdown to Jerome Ford, who upon further review, just barely, and I mean barely, after many different angles, sneaks his forearm over the end zone. And just in case you have no idea, Here's a replay of it, and I'm sure NFL.com will show five more replays of it. Because you didn't watch the game. You have no idea how this unfolded. You can't check the box score, but they got a touchdown. Somebody hire me to these highlights. I am begging. Just keep padding the time until I myself end up in a padded cell for watching this team in these highlights. Steelers trying to get anything going, find themselves in a very manageable third and short situation. Kenny hikes the ball, most likely stares at one receiver for too long, and gets sacked for a huge loss. Not the play call I would have done, as Steelers now must punt. Miles Garrett benefits from the sack, and I benefit by losing internet connection, not being able to watch the remainder of the half. Nothing notable happens like most of the game, so here's a field goal, I guess. 
Start of the second half, and we need to get any kind of momentum. Why not get the miniature wrecking ball himself, Jalen Warren, as he bobs and weaves and rips off a huge touchdown run. Phenomenal vision by Warren and great blocking up front leads to a score and might will not give this offense some confidence moving forward. This is the longest Steeler touchdown run since Willie Parker's 75-yarder in Super Bowl 40, and only feels right that the cousin of fast Willie Parker himself is the one to do so right here. Oh, what do you know? Another punting highlight. This time an absolute shank by the inconsistently consistent Presley Harvin. Plus a good return by the Browns sets them up with great field position. But will the Browns do anything with it? Not right now at least, as the Steelers have realized they refuse to push the ball down the field, so JPJ tips the short route up in the air and it's picked off by Chandon Sullivan. Nice of the for the worst cornerback on the team to get a little gift this holiday season. But now Steelers have the ball, or should I say Jalen Warren has the ball. This is his drive, his game, and if I'm the coaches, I'm giving him the ball more. We need a third and 13 converted, give it to Warren. Hand off the ball, give it to Warren. And watch this dude make the number one defense look like small little boys, if only for a moment, by continuing stiff-arming this team in the face, because nobody wants to be touched by a Brown. And oh, you know what, let's hand it off again, because guess what, it just keeps working. Surely this guy who has over 100 yards rushing already will get more touches, right? Or somebody might lose their job. Alas, on second down, instead of throwing it to the wide open DJ for the game winning touchdown, Kenny takes another sack by Miles Garrett. And you know what? Let's just show the third down play to add some time. We don't really need it because it's third and 22. But yes, give Najee Harris, give me 1.5 points in fantasy. I need it. A bummer of a drive, but it ends in a Boswell chip shot which he makes easily, and this will put it to a tie game with 7.40 left in the game and a bar burner of a legendary NFL action. Late in the game, this is where you need a big defensive play as TJ Watt pushes his blocker back and brings DTR to the ground for a sack. They do punt, but I agree with the NFL to uh, skip forward because I would dare to claw my eyes out if I had to watch our offense throw three incompletions and punt in 13 seconds all over again. Pathetic play calls, and these are the things that make people lose their jobs. Any hoosies, this defense who stopped DTR all game ends up making him look like a hybrid of Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, and any other sport goat there is as he picks apart this defense slowly and painfully, play after play. You know, Brent, the Browns end up driving into field goal range with five seconds left on the clock. They line up the kick and they kick the game-winning field goal. And I kick any dream I ever had of the Steelers being good this year. And that's where the cookie crumbles, folks. Great times for all, fun times to be had. Um, like I said before, I'll also pardon my voice. It looks sounds like garbage right now. Might be getting a little cold because I'm mm-hmm. sick of this team. I uh, we were going to talk about Kenny. We were we were going to talk about um, I mean, very negatively, and we still kind of will not as much. But he had a terrible game, absolutely terrible. 
Matt Canada had a terrible game calling plays. Um, and, and we we're going to talk about if Kenny can be the guy and what that looks like for the future because nothing will change and the Steelers don't change. And then we wake up on Tuesday morning and they changed a little bit. Much to our surprise. You know, the sun was shining a little extra bright, I felt, on Tuesday morning. And I knew it was going to be a good day, but I didn't know how good of a day it was going to be. Thus, waking up to the news that Matt Canada has been relieved of his duties and is no longer a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Praise be his name. Alleluia. Alleluia. And uh, that's great. That really is great. And it really mm-hmm. shifts the tone of what we want to talk about. But before we get into... I, I know everyone's celebrating that, and that's awesome. I, and if you're still a fan, you've already known that Matt Canada's fired. Mm-hmm. I want to really be back in a, in a sec, not to talk about any negative with it, but these are kind of some thoughts I had. Um, a, a More of like the pessimistic side, this should have been done last year in the offseason. Chris and I have said this multiple times. And if you want to do it in the season, this should have been done during the bye week. But now we're doing it week 10. Uh, Tomlin said that this is his decision because the they weren't scoring enough points. I have a feeling that he was losing the locker room. That's why he did it. I think the players forced his hand. A lot of people frustrated, upset, verbally, physically. Um, that's hard to get around. I think he was going to lose the locker room, so a change had to be made. And, of course, you have to make a change with where it's, it's either Canada or you bench pick it. And they put number one stock in this guy that they hope can be the guy. And Matt Canada's resume over three years is like the worst I've ever seen from any coach ever. So there's your decision right there. You got to make that decision. On the optimistic side, you can say, uh, because we talked about this, I think on the podcast, that the Steelers could make the playoffs. I still think they could, as bad as they are, because of the AFC kind of struggling here and there and um, the way their schedule is kind of laid out. I think they could still make the playoffs. And we talked about the how how bad it would be that Matt Canada could keep his job because we make the playoffs. Well, now we know for sure, one hundred percent guaranteed, that Kenny will have a new OC next year. Don't know who that will be. It could be the two guys running the the show right now, interim head coach, uh, interim sorry, offensive coordinator Eddie Faulkner, co offensive coordinator Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan calling the plays. Who's the quarterbacks coach? Eddie Faulkner, the running backs coach. Uh, those they'll be sharing offensive duties. And if they do good enough, they could be keeping the job, which we do not want. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> we do not want that at all. But that is a possibility that could happen. But we do know Matt Canada is not coming back. That's for sure thing. That was by far my biggest fear and probably is my biggest fear right now when it comes to the interim uh, offensive coordinator and play caller. Um, I know Eddie Faulkner uh, has made comments in the past talking about wanting to take a shot at being an offensive coordinator for this team specifically. Um, And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up happening because that's just the way the Steelers roll. They are an internal loyal group to each other. Um, Hence why we are also the least staffed team in the entire NFL. Um, And and I think that goes without saying, um, I mean, just look at some some of the decisions that are made, like the lack of preparation, maybe like the lack of development in some of these players. Um, I think coaching obviously goes a long way. I think we have a, a good coach or what can be a good coach in Mike Tomlin. I just think we need better staff around him and maybe more staff. 
to to be a honest. Lot more staff. Yeah. So um obviously this this is what it's gonna be moving forward. I don't anticipate Kenny taking big steps uh with uh Matt Canada being gone. Uh maybe we just start getting back to the basics. I know you and I talked about this on the phone, but it's not well, so much of like but- well, let's talk about that because yeah, I think yeah, a, lot yeah. people, a lot of people think that Kenny is going to look drastically better, and I I don't think so. Okay? No, it won't happen. I hope because but it won't because it's it's the same playbook, right? The, the Matt Canna's biggest problems was play calling and the sequences of the plays in which he called. Uh, those being changed could have a big effect. A miscommunication, a lot of it, while still being week eleven, is also a big problem. I know that this word scares Steeler fans and we don't want to hear this, but maybe they simplify it more even simplify things. So we're not having miscommunication issues as much because that is a big problem. It's been a big problem still to this day. Yeah. Um, I think what it looks like going forward, hopefully you see some improvement. If you're a Steeler fan, this move tells you that Kenny Pickett will be the starter next year. I know a lot of people are done with him. I'm really sick of the way he's been playing and people are making mock drafts to draft a quarterback for next year. But it's very clear that like they're, they chose Kenny. They want to see him improve and they want to give him a new OC or see him in a different offense. And, and now everyone's saying you have a seven game window to prove us wrong. I personally think if you want to hang your hat on something, if you want to look forward to next year to improve, he doesn't need to do much because he hasn't done much up to this point. He has six touchdowns a week 11. I think it's fair to say, Chris, and I, th- I hope you'd agree that in these next seven weeks, if he throws another six or seven touchdowns that that would be an improvement. Oh, absolutely. I mean, go ahead. It's just, he is by far. And I mean, I think statistics have shown this, but Kenny has the lowest, uh, touchdown ratio, like by passing attempts in like NFL history right now. Uh, which is not a stat that you want to be proud of. Yes, he's keeping the ball out of the hands of defenders, but that's without saying he's had some luck too because I've seen some balls hit defenders' hands and chests that he's thrown that have just not been caught, thankfully. But at the same time, yeah, I totally agree. I think if Kenny can end this year strong like he did last year and throw and double his touchdown total, I will see it as an improvement and it will give me hope into next year. We said it earlier, um, too, uh, where he needs, you know, new leadership. He needs a new offensive coordinator. Um, and I, I truly believe if we go out and we get somebody that is good at that role and position, I have faith in Kenny. Um, at the moment, I don't. I think he's beaten up. I think he's lacking a lot of confidence um, in himself, even though he says he he isn't. But at the same time, like how much of that is just putting on a face and talking to the media? Because the media always wants to, you know, take things out of context. Be like he's losing faith in himself and this, you know, whatever they want to do with it. Paint the picture. Um, but that all being said, I. Uh, I feel like that that dude that we saw excel is still there somewhere. I think we just need the right coaching to bring him out. There's a a quote I saw from Jalen Warren talking about how he sees that dude in practice. Like he he Kenny slings it apparently from what I understand uh hearing it from Jalen Warren and the 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 quote that he said, but he's like he's still that dude. He slings it around. We know he has the capabilities and we're all going to stand with Pickett. Uh, until otherwise, but 
where is that? And that's, that's my problem. You know, I, I got to see it and we got to see the improvement six touchdowns in the last seven weeks. I would a hundred percent take that and look forward to next season. Uh, exactly. And, uh, now we're looking forward to a new OC. Hopefully it is someone outside the, the organization. And honestly, you know, Chris and I kind of like the draft. We like to like scout people and, and do things up. I haven't really taken the time to look into that. I know a lot of people have opinions on what the, on who this player should or who this coach should be. Uh, some people say I'm Byron Leftwich, which I'm not thrilled about, but you know, we'll talk about that at a different time. People are saying Byron Leftwich, um, uh, you know, people from the 49ers coaching tree, from the Vikings coaching tree. I think the 49ers is Clint Kubiak, um, someone from the Seahawks coaching tree, um, uh, Lincoln Riley from USC. And I mean, we even saw it today, Chris. <laughs> I don't know why it's a betting favorite. I don't think it's going to happen, but we saw Big Ben as a betting favorite uh, for, for New OC. Which cool. would be, it would be cool. I, I He, someone made a good point. I saw a tweet, and I actually agree with this, where it said, Ben was not really a football junkie. He was just a natural talent, gifted player, talent. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he watched a ton of tape. Uh, but, when he was called, he called his own plays on the field. He was a general, and he would and he could drive down there like nobody's business, especially when they needed a clutch. Um, mm-hmm. Just know that if we had Big Ben as our OC, uh, you can expect a lot more pass plays. I'll tell you that much right now, because Ben's gonna be slinging the ball. <laughs> He's gonna want Kenny to sling it too. Regardless of what happens, I just hope whoever takes the rain works directly with Pickett and is like, look for these things, spread the ball around, stay in the pocket, like just works on those weaknesses because totally. We need that. Totally. And we'll get into that. Um, as far as other Steeler news, there's um, they signed some new linebackers, uh, a familiar face as well. They signed Miles Jack to the team. He'll be playing linebacker. Welcome back, Miles. Um, they, signed, they signed Blake Martinez, uh, Pokemon card dealer um, extraordinaire, <laughs> who was selling fake cards, got in trouble. Signed Blake Martinez as a middle linebacker to get some more linebacker help. Mm-hmm. Uh, signed Eric Rowe, defensive back. He's had some time in Miami. He's played. That's some good defensive help. We need that. And then I think the biggest news, hopefully, <laughs> hasn't happened yet. I hope it happens sometime this week, maybe next week, is Shaquille Leonard, formerly known as Darius Leonard, got released from the Colts. And that is huge. He's had a really bad year, supposedly. He's had a downtime from last year too. I I would take him. I don't care. He he's all pro, a Pro Bowl guy. He's had some really good years. Even if he's like on his last legs, he's not doing good. We need linebackers and a dude like that with that kind of mentality and charisma and leadership. Bring him over. I would love to have that dude in my team. So look out for that as potential addition because that would be huge. Sometimes when you have those additions to of those big name players, it kind of revitalizes them or yeah, revitalizes them a bit. I mean, uh, I think a good example and he didn't do bad in Chicago, but um, why can't I think of his name? The Ravens guy. Um, what? Oh, Raquan the line, Smith? Yeah, Raquan, Raquan Smith. I mean, he did he did fine and, and was pretty good with Chicago, but I feel like ever since, you know, he went into... Uh, Baltimore's defense he's been playing really well Baltimore had a huge step up uh, with their defense and kind of brought them back to the top five uh, that they are used to being so who knows maybe if we are lucky enough to get 
uh, Shaq Leonard on our defensive team. I think he could be a great leader, especially if we get guys like Holcomb back. I think having those middle linebackers set would be pretty, pretty attractive, I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, Quan, I, I think Quan and Sal got a one-year deal. I'd love to get him back. But like like you said, if we get Shaq, then you got Cole Holcomb back next year, Quan Alexander, Shaq Leonard, and Atlanta Roberts, who plays really good football. He really does. Yeah, attract the he really does. Run defense. I love I you, mean, Rob. You're, look, you're looking at like a really solid core of middle linebackers. We don't. I was thinking that one of the top positions we needed to draft last year, or this upcoming year, was middle linebacker. And if you sign someone like Shaq Leonard, you don't have to draft someone like that right away. You can wait a couple rounds and maybe get your guy. Um, let's uh, now this weekend we're playing the Bengals. First time we're playing the Bengals this year. A lot different look for the Bengals than we were expecting before the year. They're a five and five team. Joe Burrow's out for the year with an injury to his wrist, and they're starting quarterback Jake Browning, his first official start. So, with that being said, kind of like last week. And not with the, actually with, for the first time, not really knowing what to expect. Here's our segment that we like to call "Keys to the Game." Take it away. All righty. So one of the the greatest uh, things that we do on this show <laughs> is is the keys to the game because they're always different and uh, they're never the same and. Uh, they're always unique and um, n- not the same. Anyway, uh, going into this week, Good. yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, maybe a little bit different than how it was last week, uh, going up against the number one defense in the Cleveland Browns. Um, obviously, divisional matchups are tough as is, and going into Cincinnati, regardless if they have, wait, sorry. Playing Cincinnati, regardless if they have Joe Burrow or not. Um, yeah, we're, going, we're going into Cincinnati. It's a way. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. is, is, is going to be a challenge. I think they have grown as a franchise in the last few years, and they have a lot of star talent on their team. Um, but some things to note is they have a couple injuries. Uh, mostly the biggest one right now who is questionable is Sam Hubbard. Um, any we, we saw how picked apart we got at the offensive line when it kind of came to pass plays granted i think kenny held onto the ball a little bit too long uh but uh as poor far vision. as pass, yeah poor vision pass protection and dan, and dan more uh, sucks Sorry. Dan more does suck but <laughs> any 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 kind of help to get these guys out of the lineup uh can only be beneficial for us and it also looks like t higgins on the offensive side is also questionable uh which I know they still have Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd, both really good receivers, but obviously any help we can get, uh, especially bearing that Joey Porter Jr. is our only uh, feasible defensive back in this entire squad is helpful. Uh, now, Dom, I don't know. Do you, Have you heard any updates as far as Minka, if he's coming back or not, or if he's kind of day-to-day? Or, um, have not yet. Have not heard anything to – I know that he's trying to play, so I haven't heard anything with that. I will say, too, just not to piggyback – not to go back too far, but uh, JPJ um, had his first tough outing against the Browns. Amari Cooper, one of the best route runners in the league, was really dicing him up. It wasn't as bad as the first time the Browns played the Steelers uh, with with Patrick Peterson Levi, but he was mm-hmm. getting them on those inside slants. And, you know, JPJ has been going to go up against Jamar Chase. So, but, uh, but at the same time, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay to live with him losing some of these battles because there's only one way to grow. And you got to play the best of the best. And he's going to be play these guys two two times a year. 
Mm-hmm. So look for that battle as something that could, it'll, regardless who's playing quarterback, that's still a good battle there on the outside. Absolutely. And and that's a big key to the game, I think, is obviously the positional battle there between JPJ and whoever he covers, which is most likely Jamar Chase. Um, obviously, he's been playing really well, and we need to continue that play. Like Dom said, he had a little bit of a struggle against Amari Cooper. Those games are going to happen, but learn and grow from him. If we can neutralize Jamar Chase, get him out of there, and then just kind of focus the other guys on uh, Tyler Boyd or T Higgins, whoever's out there, I think that should help us out. Um, and the more that we can keep these guys covered and the ball back in Jake Browning's, is that his name? I don't even know his yeah. name. Uh, yep. His hands, uh, the more time we have for our uh, defensive front to get in there and sack them. Our defensive front has been pretty abysmal the last few weeks. I mean, we have guys, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith. I know TJ Watt has, has gotten a sack the last few weeks, but we're just not getting any pressure to the quarterback at all. And so something's got to change there. I don't know if it's just moving around guys too much or or what it is, but uh, we got to get pressure to the quarterback, especially a guy with not a lot of experience. Um, I think that's just going to make him nervous, force balls where they don't need to go. Um, Deshaun Watson, and then, uh, you know, just... Keep the defense strong. Uh, obviously, this week, run the ball. Uh, Jalen Warren is going off. He is having an absolute tear the last three weeks. He leads the NFL in rushing and yards per carry. Um, when a dude's hot like that, keep him going. I'm not saying don't give the ball to Najee, maybe in certain situations. Play to their strengths and alternate them, obviously, for resting purposes. But... Jalen Warren is really hot right now. And if you have a run game going, keep the run game going. All right. Keep the play calls consistent, play smart. And Kenny just build confidence. That's going to be a big key for him, not only for this game, but moving forward. Um, give him plays, you know, make the playbook simple again before you open it back up. Give him confidence and see what he can do. This is not as much a game relied on him. But it's still a very big part. I mean, obviously, quarterback play is essential in winning these games, uh, keeping it safe, but also driving us down the field. Even if it's just for field goals, um, points matter, especially in divisional matchups. So th- those are mine. Dom, you have anything to add to that? Uh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, my, my keys to the game, too. When you're talking about the defense and not getting pressure, uh, you got to imagine, uh, I don't know Jake Browning that well. This is first crew start. You got to imagine that a lot of his plays, are they're going to take the DTR playbook and they're going to take the CJ Stroud playbook in a way too because both those quarterbacks threw with the ball with under 10 seconds. Or, oh, sorry, with under two seconds in the pocket. Uh, that's hard to get to the quarterback when they throw the ball so quick, but you know the routes are short. So during that whole second half against the Browns, the Steelers played pretty much press man the whole time and, and knew the ball was going short and were able to stop the Browns. I think they had 23 yards of offense for a while until that last drive where they drove down the field because he's actually pushing the ball down the field some more. But I, I think you have to kind of uh, anticipate that they're going to be doing some short routes. They want to get the ball out of his hands so they don't have to face TJ Watt and face those rushers. So you got to anticipate that. Uh, I would also say... Obviously, the running game is huge for that, but the keys to the game, a big key to the game to me is Kenny's confidence. And like I know you mentioned already, but get him the plays that he likes, get him throwing the ball out there. 
Get him some, and I'm not talking checkdowns. I'm not talking short routes. Get him some, some good plays. He feels comfortable with. Give him the, put the ball in his hand. Um, don't make him the reason why we win, but help him be the reason why we succeed for this week. Totally um, agree. Uh, let's move on. This is kind of a shorter one because it's the day for Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day to everybody who will be Happy Turkey Day. Who wants to listen to a podcast on Thanksgiving? But we, uh, it's a shorter one. We got some stuff to do, holiday weekend and whatnot. So let's do some score predictions and let's get out of here, huh? I was going to say, who wants to make a podcast on Thanksgiving? You know what I mean? <clears throat> <laughs> Not me. Nah, classic. Anyway, yeah, score predictions. Let's go. Um, score predictions. Sorry. Here we go. One second. Here we go. One second. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Packers at Lions. Lions. Oh, my. Yep. Same. Lions. Commanders at Cowboys. Cowboys. Cowboys, indeed. 49ers at Seahawks. 49ers. 49ers. Dolphins at Jets. The Dolphins. Jets are starting. Tim Boyle somehow has worse stats than Zach Wilson throughout his career. Going Dolphins. Saints Oof. at Falcons. Saints, just because Arthur Smith is garbage? Correct. That's why I'm going with Saints as well. <laughs> Steelers at Bengals. Steelers, I hope. I'm going Steelers too. We talk a lot of on this podcast about how bad this team is, and I feel like I pick them every week. I just can't help it. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan at heart. Um, Jags at Texans. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I agree with you on this one when we talked earlier. I'm going to say Jaguars. Texans are really attractive pick. And they really are. I'm going to say Jaguars too, but the Texans beat them early in the year. Not only did they beat them, they smoked them early in the year too. We'll see. So Texans is the sexy pick here. I feel like they could definitely win. I'm going to go Jags as well. Um, Buccaneers at Colts. I'm going to go Buccaneers. Yeah, me too. Bucks. Uh, Patriots at Giants. Uh, Giants. A uh, little Super Bowl rematch. Just how they drew it up. I'm going to go Patriots, I think. I know, you're going to go Tommy DeVito. Tommy <laughs> DeVito. Yeah, they're both pretty bad. Tommy DeVito had a really good game last week. But I'm, I'm by they, I mean uh, the teams, not the quarterback themselves. But uh, both teams are pretty awful. Isn't, I think I'm going to go Patriots. Isn't so. Tommy DeVito a pit quarterback? I actually don't know. Maybe. I think he, I think he is, which is going to make me really more sad about Kenny Pickett. Panthers at Titans. Uh, Panthers at Titans. Let's go Titans. Go on Titans. Rams at Cardinals. Okay, so I did pick the Rams. I kind of want to pick the Cardinals, but I'm going to stick. You, you pick Cardinals, actually. Did I pick Cardinals? You did. No way. You did. <laughs> oh, then I'm sticking with it. I'm picking Rams. Browns at Broncos. Browns at Broncos. Uh, hopefully Broncos, which is definitely a possibility. They've they're on a four game win streak. Uh, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna go Browns. I'm gonna go Browns as well. But I think the Broncos could do it. Uh, they their offense moves the ball better than we do, and we should have won last week. So they definitely could do it. Yeah. Chiefs at Raiders. Uh, Chiefs if their wide receivers can catch a ball. Fair. <laughs> Chiefs. Bills at Eagles. I'm gonna say the Eagles. I am too, and uh, that's looking kind of scary for the Bills out there who are trying to make the playoffs. Ravens at Chargers. 
Ravens, but go Chargers. Yeah, I agree. Ravens, but go Chargers. Chargers' defense is terrible. Justin Herbert's playing by himself. Uh, look for the Steelers to trade the house to get him in the offseason. <laughs> Not going to happen. Bears at Vikings. Uh, Vikings. Vikings, the Dobbinator. Dobby himself. Shout out that. to uh, Jeff for coming this weekend. He's going to go to the game and probably see them lose his favorite team. So, Shout out, Jeff. Thanks for giving us Spider-Man. Uh, yep. That's going to be the end Thanks, of the podcast. Jeff. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm Dominic. This is Chris. You can follow us on TikTok, on Instagram, on uh, YouTube, on Twitter, or on Facebook, on MySpace, on uh, Ask Jeeves, and... Chris, do you have any last words? Do you say ask jeans? Ask Jeeves. Oh, I have no idea what that is. You know what ask Jeeves is? Go Steelers. Go Steelers indeed. See you guys next week. Bye.